Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayerful attention to Luke chapter 2, the chapter that we read, and reading for our text, verse 38. Verse 38. And she, coming in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord, and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Luke chapter 2 and verse 38. Our text is speaking of Anna. Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel. And she is the second one to speak of the Lord Jesus Christ as he is brought in as a babe uh, for them to do according to the custom of the law. And our text begins with she coming in that instance. And before we come to three main points, I want to notice two things that are mentioned right at the beginning of our text. And the first is timing. She coming in that instant. It is one of the hallmarks of God's work right through the scriptures and the history of the world is that God is a God of timing. He times things to perfection. And certainly it was so here when we look at the case of Simeon that as the child Jesus is brought into the temple and to be done for him according to the law, then there is Simeon coming in and we're told that he came by the Spirit into the temple just at that time. And here with Anna as well, in our text, she coming in that instant. Now I know with Anna, she was constant serving in the temple and with fastings and prayers night and day. But the timing of coming to meet someone and to meet in this case, so ordered of the Lord, so appointed that this should be recorded, that this meeting and what was said of the Lord Jesus Christ should be recorded. We think of the timings that went through Scripture, the case of Abraham when he offered up or was to offer up his son upon the altar and The Lord waited those three days as Abraham set out to Mount Moriah and he waited. He did not tell him what he was to do. He had directed him to offer up his son Isaac upon the altar. And it wasn't until the knife was raised, Isaac had been bound the Knife raised that then the angel called unto him to stay his hand. Then was the ram found caught in his thick in his horns in the thicket behind him. The Lord is never before his time, he is never too late. And we need to often be reminded of this because we can so often faint and think the Lord has forgotten us and the Lord is not hearing our prayers, but the Lord's time is not always our time. He said later on in his ministry, your time is always ready, but my time is not yet. And we know with the children of Israel in Egypt, God had told Abraham that his seed would uh, serve another nation 
and that they would oppress them uh, 400 years and that in the fourth generation that they would come hither again from the time that God told Abraham to them going down into Egypt was 215 years and then 215 years later he brought them out and brought them to Mount Sinai and the Lord performed the word that he said to Abraham but we would remember that Moses when he was born was born again appointed and at a time when the men children were being thrown into the river they were being destroyed and when Pharaoh's daughter came down to the water then she found the babe Moses in the ark of bulrushes and he was then brought into the uh, Pharaoh's household and the timing of that with Pharaoh with Miriam asking if she would find a uh, maid or a helper to care for the child and she went and got Moses' mother those timings were, were very crucial and yet we would remember that the Lord was doing these things 80 years before he actually brought Israel out of Egyptian bondage. His hand was with them. He was on the way to delivering them. He'd already appointed deliverance. And there he was bringing about a timing, and yet you might say, well, there's waiting another 80 years. We are to notice the timing of the Lord. We think when, uh, before they came into Egypt, they came into Egypt by Joseph being sent before them. But Joseph had been sent from his father to go and see his brothers. And the brothers had moved on. They'd moved to a different place. But a man had heard them say that they were going to Dothan. And that same man that had heard, overheard that conversation, he found Joseph wandering in the field and he was able to direct him where his brothers were. A vital link in the chain of bringing the children of Israel into Egypt was of the timing of the man overhearing and also of the man finding Joseph. Joseph at first might have wished that that hadn't happened, that he hadn't have been sold, that he hadn't have been ill-treated in that way. But the Lord's hand was in the matter. And so we look down through uh, the Old Testament and find many times where the Lord has wrought and timing was very important, bringing two people together uh, meeting up together, waiting until the right time. It was said of the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. That's why they couldn't yet go into the promised land. You think of when they were in the promised land, when Goliath was challenging Israel, then for 40 days he challenged them and and no deliverer was found at all until then Jesse sent David to see how his brethren worked and were and it was then that David comes and he hears Goliath and his challenge and then there is deliverance these timings are all of the Lord we think of Jonah God prepared a fish they threw Jonah into the sea. And where was the fish? Exactly in the right place, the right time. And to swallow up Jonah. In all of these things, the Lord is in control. Though he lives in eternity, though he is not bound by time, yet he made time. And in time he orders it and is one of his hallmarks. He can bring things to pass, man cannot. 
He can bring two together that man cannot. And this is to be noticed here because we find Anna coming in that instant. And may we notice in our lives the timing of the Lord. We are told in Romans 8, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. And one of those things that work together is timing. Maybe then overview our own lives and think of those things that have happened, the things that have been ordered in our lives, that the timing has been so important as to things that have, have happened. We know in Joshua's case, when they were fighting, the uh, Lord heard and hearkened to the voice of man. And the sun, it did not go down. The Lord made an adjustment in timing at that time. And we have known that, I've known that in, in my life, in changing schools and where a mistake was made and I was put in a grade that was higher than it should have been. My brother, very close in age, we should have both been in the same class. I was supposed to be in grade two, him in grade one. They said, these can't be in the same class. They put me in grade three. And in the timing of the Lord, it was halfway through the year, they found out their mistake. So they left me. They said, doing all right. So that one adjustment at the age of seven, that has affected right through my life. It was a vital link in many things that happened, especially at the time, my call by grace. And I look at those things and think these things are ordered of the Lord. They are tokens for good. They evidence the Lord's hand and the Lord's work in our lives. This is the Lord's doing and he's marvellous in our eyes. The second thing to notice here is the giving of thanks. She coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord. Right at the beginning, before she says anything concerning this babe, she gives thanks and it says thanks likewise. And when we look at what Simeon actually did, he comes in and he blesses the Lord. In verse 28, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. So same thing really, giving thanks and blessing the Lord. It is good for us to be instant in giving thanks, especially where something has been waited for and watched for, and then the Lord appears. If it is not done instantly, sometimes it is too late, and thanks is withheld from the Lord. The children of Israel, when Moses was sent to them, and he showed the signs that God had given him, that God had truly sent him and the children of Israel believed and they gave thanks unto the Lord. They gave thanks while they were still in Egypt. They didn't say, well, let's wait until we're delivered and then we'll give thanks. They gave thanks when the Lord was appearing, when he was on his way, when... Things were in hand by the Lord. And if they'd awaited, it wasn't long before Pharaoh was making their bonds even and burdens even harder. And then they would not even listen to Moses because of hard labour. And to give thanks then, they couldn't. Were they wrong to give thanks at first? No. It is good to give thanks when we realise the blessing of the Lord that we have and not listen to Satan and say, well, let's see how it turns out and then we'll give thanks. Let's see the end of the matter. And you think here, these, that they were giving thanks for a babe. 
uh, he had not yet redeemed Israel. He'd not suffered yet. He'd not preached yet. His ministry hadn't started yet. He hadn't accomplished. We're not here at the end of Luke. We're right at the beginning. And there is thanks there. The praise that was given uh, from the heavenly host and, and shown to the shepherds and the joy the shepherds had, it was of the Lord appearing. He was coming. God had matters in hand. And the ministry of our Lord and the ministry of the apostles, it wasn't like the Apostle Paul, we preach Christ crucified because Christ was not yet crucified. And though we may preach him, they may have preached him through the scriptures, it was evident that while Christ was on earth, his people were very much in the dark and did not understand the scriptures, though he spoke to them again and again of his coming sufferings, his death, yet it was, it was held from them. When he rose from the dead, then we read, then opened he their understanding that they should understand the scriptures. But the giving thanks at this time is... In the step along the way, God was moving. God's hand was in progress. He was doing things. He was setting things in motion. He had come. He had appeared. As yet, the seed of the woman had not bruised the serpent's head, but the seed of the woman had come. And this was what they were giving thanks for. And though he may be looking for Many things. We may be looking for the Lord in providence. Yet when we discern the Lord begins, may we give thanks for that. Uh, though we may say, well, the answer is not fully realised, yet may we give thanks for what has been done along the way. There's many, many steps to uh, a realisation of what the Lord is doing. We might... Uh, maybe wanting to purchase a home, even in temporal things. Uh, and we ask for a suitable home. A suitable home is found. We give thanks for that. Uh, we uh, need the, the money to buy it. We give thanks for that. Uh, an offer accepted. Uh, and then to move in. There's every step of it. You know when... Abraham's servant came to uh, seek a wife for uh, Isaac. Then when he prays at the well and Rebekah comes and she does what he had asked she would do and provides for the camels also, then he makes known his mission. When it is known to Laban and Bethuel, Rebekah's uh, kinsman, uh, father and brother, then they say this thing, it proceedeth from the Lord. They notice the timing of it, they could see the Lord's hand was in it. But there was yet much to be done. She hadn't even yet met Isaac, but they could see the Lord was in this matter. How important it is that we see the Lord is in the matter. See the Lord's hand, whoso is wise, and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. And remember, with our Lord, when he healed the ten lepers, he sent them, and he sent them to the priest. And as they went, they were healed. And one, when he saw that he was healed, returned immediately to give thanks to the Lord. The Lord said, where are the nine? There's only just this Samaritan that is returned to give thanks. It is, is a real mark of the people of God that they are not only asking for the Lord to appear and to help them, not only looking for it, but as soon as it is given, they put the crown on the right head. They give thanks they don't just serve the Lord for loaves and fishes. That's what the Lord charged those that came across the sea to be with him. He said, ye follow me not because ye saw the miracles. Ye are not following me because 
you see through those miracles that I am the Son of God, that I am the Messiah. But just because you ate the loaves and were filled, that's why you were following me. And those that were following the right way, instead of looking at the gift, they look at the giver. Instead of looking at what he has done for them, they turn to who has done it for them. And the giving of thanks here, it is centering in our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Just another thought on that is within the book of Samuel, first book of Samuel, when Hannah comes into the temple at Shiloh and she says, For this child I prayed, and the Lord has given me my petition that I have asked of him. And In the next chapter we, we see a praise and prayer of such thanks to the Lord. Samuel is not mentioned at all. All of the praise and glory is to the Lord. Her attention is not on the child, how much she's thankful for him and loves him. Her attention in that praise is to the Lord, what the Lord had done for her and how the Lord had appeared for her. And may in our thanks that be the direction that we take as well. So there's those two aspects, the timing and the giving of thanks. But now I want to look with the Lord's help. Firstly, of whom they spake. Secondly, who spake of him and to whom. And thirdly, what they said of him. Of whom they spake. They were speaking here of Jesus. They were speaking here of this babe that was brought before them. Simeon, he takes him up in his arms and bless God. How very clearly he is making this statement. The thanks, the blessing, everything is centred in this babe. Not on Mary, not on anyone else, but on the babe. There is the one of whom they are speaking. Anna as well. She is giving thanks and speaking of Jesus, the babe born to Joseph and Mary. In the third chapter of Luke, we have the line traced out from Mary right through to, from Mary's father, right through down to David, to David's son Nathan, and then right down to Adam and to God. Very clearly tracing the line as to be the seed of the woman that should bruise the serpent's head. And this is the inspired, infallible word of God that when this babe is set forth, when he is brought forth, the one of whom they are speaking, that it is very clearly to be set forth he is the Son of God. He is the Son of Adam. He is the seed of the woman that should bruise the serpent's head. And then we think of Matthew chapter 1 and the line that is there, the kingship line, the line that goes from Abraham who is given the promises of Christ, who saw Christ's day and rejoiced at it. And he is traced there 14 generations from Abraham to David. And then we follow through Solomon's line, right through to Joseph, the kingship line. 
14 generations from David until the carrying away into Babylon and then another 14 generations from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ. And it is established at the point of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. His name shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. That this is truly the seed of the woman that should bruise the serpent's head. And that crown is put upon him as a babe. Truly God and truly man, the Christ, they're speaking here of he that should come. They're speaking here of Emmanuel, God with us. They're speaking of the one that was expected to come. The eunuch, when Philip was sent to speak to him as he was returning from worshipping at Jerusalem, he was reading in the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 53 in our Bibles. And Philip asked him and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man guide me? And he asked that Philip should come up into the chariot and that was the portion that he was reading. He was led as a uh, sheep before his shearers is dumb, so openly not his mouth. He was uh, led as a sheep to the slaughter. And those things that were said the eunuch, he said to Philip, he said, Of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or some other man? How important it is known of whom they spake. Who was the prophet speaking of? By the time that Philip had finished preaching, beginning at the same scripture and preaching unto him Jesus, then the eunuch was clear who was being spoken of. Many times during the ministry of our Lord, he was the subject of talk between the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and his disciples. He was the subject of that conversation. They were speaking of him and may we be those that join with those that speak of our Lord those that speak of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ those who have something to say of him a blessed thing if we can join with those who spake of him. So I want to look secondly, who spoke of him and to whom. Well, there's two characters here. There is firstly Simeon. Uh, we have a description of him as being a just man, a devout man, but also that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for the promised seed. He was waiting for this blessing. A blessed thing to be a people waiting and expecting the Lord's blessing. You might say, well, didn't, weren't those generations, they all waiting and watching? Why should you come at this time? But we think of what was said of the Jews, they knew not the day of their visitation. Simeon did, but many of their nation, that could not be said of them. And applying to us in our day and generation, the New Testament church is looking for the Lord's second coming. The Apostle Paul speaks of it as if he would be alive. When the Lord comes, then we which are alive and remain 
shall make them in the air, made him in the air. But the, it wasn't for the apostle, nor his generation, nor for the last 2,000 years. But there will come a time, there will come a time when there shall be a people that, like the Thessalonian church, wait for his Son from heaven, and the Lord shall come. And the Lord warns that we are not to be overcharged with the things of this time stayed, but that we are to watch. For he knoweth not what hour the Son of Man cometh. For here is Simeon, what a description of this man that is waiting, is expecting. But the Holy Ghost was upon him, and it was revealed to the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. He had a promise. Many of Lord's dear people do have promises. And they lay those up before the Lord. Much prayer, much exercise, looking for the Lord to appear, Lord to fulfil what he has laid upon their hearts that should come to pass. Some of us, we've had those things they have already come to pass. It's a great blessing when there is that waiting upon the Lord to fulfil his word. And here we have in Simeon the Lord fulfilling his word. And here also is a description of him that he came by the Spirit into the temple, guided, directed by the Spirit, influencing those things that he did. He is described also in verse 29 as thy servant. I wonder how would we describe ourselves? How would the Lord describe us? Are we his servants? Can we say in prayer like Simeon, thy servant? Can we truly say the Lord has given us what we asked of him? Therefore now we are ready, now we can depart this life. We, we need not anything more, but the Lord has given us what we desired of him. A blessed thing to be of the character no, we won't be the same name, the same person, but we can have something of the character of those that spake of the Lord and is those that are looking for salvation themselves, those who have the interest in it. Yes, you might say the angels spake of him, but the emphasis on the scriptures is sinners. An angel told Cornelius to send for Peter, and Peter was to come and preach to them Jesus, not the angel. Peter was to speak of him, speak of the Lord. So it was here with Simeon, the best ones to speak of the Lord, those who watched and waited, and the Lord has come and blessed them and visited them, and right through the scriptures, those that the Lord healed, the mad Gadarene, what better character to go to home to his friends and tell what great things God had done for them. They were witnesses. The Apostle Paul, the great change that had been wrought in his life from Saul to Paul, uh, one that was chosen as the chief of sinners, he calls himself, to speak of the Lord. Immediately he preached on his conversion, uh, Jesus, that he is the Christ. And yet it was that very name that he persecuted those that called upon that name in Jerusalem. It is not an insignificant thing it is to look at the characters of those that are speaking of Christ. Hymn writer says, Sinners can say, and none but they, how precious is the Saviour. They have something to say of him, not learned in books, but known in the heart and known in their lives of what the Lord has done. And so Simeon has many things to say of him. But firstly, just thinking of who 
spake of him. And so that he uh, then speaks to those that were there. But when we come to uh, Anna, there is even more that she's speaking to. Just think then of Anna, a prophetess, and she again is serving the Lord. And not just a short time, she has served the Lord there for seven years from her virginity and uh, had a husband seven years from her virginity. So, I mean, if she, if she was 20 when she got married, uh, 27 when her husband died, and now you've got another 84 uh, years, she's well over 100 years of age. But all of those years, they she was not... She wouldn't have been suffered to, to be in the temple unless she was serving in that way. You might say all those years waiting for this blessing, looking for this blessing. And here she has it in her great age. What an encouragement to those that are in the old days. The devil might say, well, many of the Lord's dear people are called by grace when they're young. The Lord appears to them when they're young in years. He's passed you by. You cannot expect a blessing. You will not be blessed at your age. But here we have an encouragement. Lord coming at evening late and when a great age. And so she is the one then that is coming in and speaking of him. Well, who? Who is she speaking well, here is to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. She was one that looked for redemption and she was speaking for those that also looked for it. What is redemption? To set free by the payment of a price. Without the shedding of blood, there is no, red, uh, no remission. The Lord Jesus Christ is spoken of as the Redeemer. And it is those that are looking for redemption, those who are in captivity, those who are in bondage to sin, those who are slaves to sin, those that are under the law. He came, made under the law, born of a woman to redeem them that are under the law. That is what the scripture testifies. And this is whom she speaks to. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And again, we may ask ourselves, what kind of a character are we as hearers? Before we speak, what kind of a hearer are we? Are we one that looks for redemption? Are we one that has an interest in Christ, who longs for his appearing, who longs to see him, to believe him, to know that redemption from sin and from Satan and from the world and the spirit of it. Sin shall not have dominion over you. You're not under the law. You're under grace. We think of Simeon as well. Who did he speak to? Well, he speaks that it is uh, to be to the Gentiles and uh, to thy people Israel. But then he has a specific word to Joseph and to Mary. And he speaks to them personally. What a blessed thing it is when the Lord comes and speaks to us personally. Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel. Sign which shall be spoken against, yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also. Yes, Mary was a sinner. She needed to be convinced of sin. The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Mary was to be have a part in it. And, and of course we uh, think of when she uh, was told of the child that she was bearing and how that... She then praised the Lord as well and, and blessed the Lord. Uh, she spoke of him as her redeemer, as her saviour. Uh, we 
read Mary said in, in verse 46 of chapter 1, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour, for he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, for he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. She's much to say, and it is to her that Simeon is adding these things. Really, Mary, before Simeon, before even her child had been born, while it was in the womb, she is giving thanks, she is giving praise. And now she's seeing another that the baby is born, is joining this praise and thanks. And he's speaking of him and to her and to Joseph and to all of those at Jerusalem. The promises of God, the blessings of God, so often the invitations of the gospel, they are like here to characters. Our Lord said, The whole they need not a physician, but they that are sick. And where the Lord then is set forth before those that have a need of him, they have that hearing ear to uh, what is said of him. So these are they then that Simeon and Anna that speaks. We uh, think also of the Old Testament, the apostles in Acts. They realise the scriptures were being fulfilled. Those scriptures that in, in the Psalms where David was speaking of our Lord and in, in, in uh, uh, Psalm 22, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And we think of Psalm uh, 16 as well, which the uh, apostles said, Thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, thou wilt suffer, uh, thou wilt, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. They realised that these Psalms of David, that they weren't just speaking, David speaking of himself, he was speaking in prophecy of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. We think of John the Baptist spake of him. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. The Jews that said of the Lord Jesus Christ that John did no miracle but all that John spake of this man is true. And uh, there are those that uh, have raised up right through time and they have spoken of him, the prophets, the people of God, they have seen him from afar and they have spoken in prophecy and spoken to others of him. Well, I want to then just briefly speak thirdly of what they said of him and specifically what is said here by uh, Simeon. In verse 30, he says, For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. What a blessed thing for Simeon to say. He is saying of the Lord, This is thy salvation. This is the one by whom God shall save his people. His name shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. It's good for us, instead of getting bogged down with sometimes many arguments in religion, many theological arguments to centre in the Lord Jesus Christ and our affections, our thoughts, our desire is all to him. He shall save his people from their sins. Salvation of the Lord is sure. Deliverance is sure. And Simeon says here, here 
is thy salvation. Then he says in verse 31, that which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. Really his goings forth was from of old. This is not just a salvation that is a last minute thought, something that is only just beginning. It is that which God has prepared, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, the great antitype of which the ram caught in the thickets was the type. My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. This is the prepared salvation. Then we have verse 32, and it brings the Gentiles and the children of Israel together. Beautifully, Paul does it in Ephesians chapter 2, and ye that were sometime afar off are brought nigh by the blood of Christ. And so twain making one new man, so making peace. And this is what Simeon is seeing right here, viewing on the babe of Bethlehem. When you think that the apostles, when Peter went to Cornelius, they charged him, they said, Thou wentest into those uncircumcised, did eat with them. Even then they did not have a clear view that the Gentiles were to be brought into the covenant. And yet Simeon here he did, and he prophesied of it. A blessed thing to have these things spoken of him. And of course we go back to Isaiah and so much spoken of him there in all of his sufferings and that which we quoted with the eunuch uh, is that beautiful chapter who hath believed our report to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed. He shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. When we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. And there he is spoken of all his sin-bearing, his sufferings, his death, and his people. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. Isaiah, in prophecy, spoke, so much of the sufferings and death and what the Lord would accomplish. Then we have what Simeon says in verse 34. This child is set. It's not yet to happen. He is to grow up first, but is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel. What a reminder that the knowledge of sin is vital first. Paul's the Apostle Paul, he says, When the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Conviction of sin first. John Baptist was sent before the Lord to preach repentance. And the Lord Jesus Christ is exalted to give repentance and remission of sins unto Israel. Before ever the Lord exalts a people, he will humble them and bring them down and then he'll lift them up and that is centred and set forth before us in what Simeon has to say. And then in verse 39, that personal word, sword shall pierce through thine own soul also. The word of God is a sharp two-edged sword It enters into the heart, it discerns the thoughts, it discerns the hearts. With the heart man believeth, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And this is spoken of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then we have Anna, the words of our text. And she speaks of him as the Redeemer the Saviour. She spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Israel. In other words, here is the Redeemer. Here is the great antitype of Boaz, a near kinsman. Here is one who has the right to redeem. And this is what is said. 
of the Lord Jesus. May we know this, however much bound down with sin, however much entrapped by the world, however much ensnared, that this here is the Redeemer. Then we think of the man that was born blind in John chapter 9. He was asked specifically when the Lord had opened his eyes, when the Lord had blessed him with that blessing, the Jews, they they did not believe what was done. And they came to him in verse 17 in chapter 9, John 9. They say unto the blind man again, What sayest thou of him, that he hath opened thine eyes? His answer was, he said, He is a prophet. And that is what he, the man that had his eyes opened, said of the Lord. But it wasn't left there. Later on the Lord came, and the Lord visited him. But even before that, He had things to say, beautiful words to say of the Lord. He said, We know that God spake unto Moses, as for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. That's what the scribes of Pharisees were saying. But then the man said, Why herein is a marvellous thing. You know not from whence he is, and yet he hath opened mine eyes. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshipper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. They didn't receive that, they wouldn't. But the Lord later he came and spoke to me, said to him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and he it is that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. It is those then that have known and tasted that blessing that the Lord has revealed himself to them. And then they have that which to speak of him, to set forth the praises of him who hath called them out of nature's darkness and into his marvellous light. This people have I formed for my praise, formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. So may it be that we of those that have heard of the Lord and that we are those that have that which to speak of him and to lift him up and to exalt him. I'll point to thy redeeming blood and say, Behold the way to God. They spake unto them the things that were done in the way and how Jesus was made known unto them in breaking of bread. May the Lord add his blessing. Amen.